Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Amen. Everybody good today? Well, I tell you what, even if you were maybe having a few difficulties, can you just say it this way? Say, God's good. God's good. And, and say this, it's great to be here. Amen. Thank you guys for taking time to come out on this great Father's Day. And uh, more than anything, we celebrate our great Father God. He is a good, good, loving Father. I've decided I'm going to uh, start a new Father's Day tradition uh, in my family starting this afternoon. I'm going to get Ryan on conference call with Matthew. And uh, they're going to sing to me. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And then I'm going to sing back to them. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I'm loved by you. I tell you what, I think we ought to all, just for a moment... Because we hear so much negative in our nation, in our world about dads. You know what? Let's just take a minute and give God five seconds of praise for good, good fathers. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, as we get into the word today, you know, I just, uh, I don't know where Janet is, but Janet, you were right on. And, uh, you know, this, this church is hard to get, uh, get it out first because there's so many people who are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It'll get out before you ever get there when you're preaching. And uh, as Janet was sharing, if you listen to the beginning of my message today and uh, I've got a three-point message, and I'm only going to be able to preach one of them because it's going to take me that many, it'll take me 30 minutes just to do this one point. But as we get into this today, uh, when Janet was sharing, I thought, my goodness, you'd think she she had read my my notes and the things that God had been speaking to me. So on this Father's Day, I want to challenge you, and let's develop this message. And I pray that it comes alive on the inside of you. Everybody say, "Beggars no more." There has been some intense warfare. I'm talking intense warfare. Mental, emotional, physical, and a lot of intense warfare and battles that have been raging. And it's because in some ways hell has been unleashed. And you, you got to realize the design of it to, uh, to stop the plan and purpose of God in our lives. And it results a lot of times in a spirit of intimidation being released and unleashed. And intimidation, what happens is intimidation will cause a person to draw back. The goal of intimidation is to make us give up our authority, render our gifts useless, because if the enemy can intimidate us, he can control us. 
And that's his goal. We must never, ever allow the enemy to shrink our world down to the size of our problems, to where that's all we live. And that's, that's his goal. Because when we are influenced, listen, when we're under attack and we're influenced by a spirit of intimidation, what happens is your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller till you only live in your problems. Come on, help me this morning to where that's all you think about all the time. And your world becomes no bigger than that spirit. Possibilities decrease and limitations rule. But here is our declaration. And as a father, as one of the fathers in this house today, here is what I am declaring over this house, over our lives, over your life, over my life, and over every person and every family and everybody watching and everybody listening who has been under attack. The spirit of intimidation is broken. Come on, if you receive that for this house, say yes. The spirit of intimidation is broken, and here it is, and we're going to paint a picture hopefully today in just a few moments. We are not beggars, we are believers. I want everybody in this house who is a believer say yes. In fact, let's declare it. I am not a beggar, I am a believer. We are reaching out today with a mindset of faith, declaring faith and believing that something, something supernatural is about to break into our lives. Can somebody say amen? Something supernatural is about to break into our lives, break up on, on, on us, on our world, on our environment, on everybody and everything around us. And I'm telling you, in, when, when a spirit of intimidation begins to be released against you, those are the times when we need to rise up on the inside and declare that that spirit will not rule, but we, were going to, we are going to reign out of a spirit of righteous indignation. That spirit of righteous indignation and frustration rises up. It's a satisfied dissatisfaction that causes us to stretch beyond the lies and the intimidation of the enemy. In fact, let's just get it real simple and, and help me today. And let's make this declaration. Everybody say, the devil is a liar. Yeah. Isaiah 60 verse 8 says this. Who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves? To their windows. One translation, that word for windows is portals, openings. It's time to get our wings where you fly to portals to where God divinely intervenes. And this message is for today, is for anybody who is tired of reading a butterfly Bible and leading a caterpillar life. Come on now, help me. It's for people who say, I am tired of reading a blessing Bible and leading a beggar's life. I want you to shout it, beggars no more. We're stretching our faith and pressing into the supernatural realm because here is my declaration. 
This good, good father that we talk about on Father's Day is a God who can, a God who is able, a God who is willing, and a God who has made a way. And I just say over you, in spite of the attacks, in spite of the setbacks, is anybody in this house today who has had a setback? Face a setback or two, I'm telling you in Jesus' name, you are not serving the God who is going to keep you held back in that place of the setback. The setback is not going to rule over you. In fact, I just declare by faith that that setback is a setup for a comeback. Come on. Amen. Mark chapter 10, I've preached out of this before, but we're continually gleaning things as the Holy Spirit uh, brings them our way. But in Mark 10, I've preached about Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus before, but I've seen some things in it today that I want to release in this house. It says, as they came to Jericho, talking about Jesus and and, uh, his entourage, uh, he went out of Jericho, he came into Jericho, and he goes out of Jericho. His disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now realize this, we miss this, there was a whole lot of people there. And it was loud. It was noisy. A lot of people were talking, coach. A lot of people were saying a lot of things. And that's important, we'll come back to it later. He sat by the road begging. And when he heard that, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Something happens when Jesus stands still and stops in the midst of a crowd. Mm, Let's get a hold of this. Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. He, throwing aside his garment, rises, he comes to Jesus, and Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Teacher, rabbi, leader, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let me tell you one thing that separates people who are moving from begging to believing. And it's important is this. Believers, how many believers are in the house? Wave at me. Believers are name droppers. You ever meet somebody, and I mean, you hadn't hadn't been around them very long at all, and then they start telling you everybody they know? You know how many important people I'm associated with? Just, Just saying. I got to thinking about that this week, Coach. I don't reckon I know anybody famous. Just, you know, I thought, man, you know, although maybe it's, maybe they're, maybe they know a lot of, you know, big, important stars or athletes, or even in the body of Christ, maybe they know a lot of people that preach to thousands, you know, and they've got selfies with them. I got realized this week, the only selfies I want are my grandkids sitting on my lap. 
But in this case, hear me now, believers are name droppers. What do I mean by that? This man who needed his condition changed, he knew how to use one name. Y'all getting this? Can somebody tell me what that name was? Somebody say it. This man was a name dropper. Be a name dropper. Tell your neighbor, be a name dropper. What do I mean by that? Drop the name of Jesus on every situation in your life. I tell you what, I've decided, you know, there are people that'll pay thousands of dollars at an event to get their picture made with somebody who's famous who won't remember them in five seconds. Now, I'm not against any of that. Hey, I'm all for use everything you have to influence the kingdom. But here's my point. I want to get to know somebody who won't forget me five seconds after they've met me. And I have discovered that once you get to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, even though he's got a universe to rule and reign, he still knows the number of hairs on your head. So I want to encourage you today, be a name dropper. Drop the name of Jesus on every situation in your life. You know, so much in life, a lot of times in life you find out it's not so so much a matter just of of who you are, but it can be uh, who you know. I remember one time, and this was back in the day when Susan and I actually had time to go see a movie. And we went to see, we heard about this movie and and the theater's closed. That shows you how long this goes. It's been called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Looking for the ark. Well, we got down to that theater and the line was so long. It was all the way out into the parking lot, Teddy. I mean, just running out. And we were at the back. And I looked at Susan. I said, I don't think we're going to get in. I don't think we're going to make it. It's going to be sold out. So we're just standing there minding our own business. And all of a sudden I see a guy with his theater outfit on. And he's coming down the line. He's coming down the line. He's coming down the line. And then he, I didn't know him. He said, excuse me, sir. Could you and your wife come with me, please? I was like, uh-oh. What, what have I done? Took us all the way through that line. And you know how it is when you in line and somebody else. Come on. What? I didn't say nothing. We got, he took us through the doors, right up to the concession stand. And when we got in there, I looked over and there was the manager of the theater. And he said, Brother Scotty, I saw you and Susan out there. And I thought, there's no reason for them to wait in line. I'm going to bring you in and get you right at the front. Oh, it's not just who you know, it's who knows you. I want somebody to say, he knows me by name. He knows me by name. His name is Jesus and he knows me by name. That means when I pray and when I call on him and when I'm in need, Jesus is there for me. Somebody say, Jesus is there. Wow. And you know, talking about me and name droppers and we're talking about the name of Jesus. And you know, we, so oftentimes we use that name. 
You know, we, every prayer in Jesus' name. And you know, it becomes just something we just really say and we really don't even think about. We just, we just kind of throw it out there or we talk about Jesus. And, and I want you to know, here's what, here's what I'm talking about. And I'm going to get into this pretty heavy in just a moment. We're not talking about magic words. That's not what this is. I had a guy one time, I was getting a, buying a car, buying a truck or something. I can't remember when it was, but it was, and it was back when uh, this thing about, um, oh, what's the guy in Second Chronicle? Jabez. Prayer Jabez. So I'm sitting in the finance guy's office and uh, he found out, of course, when, you're, when, when people find out you're a preacher, immediately any spiritual connotation at all that they can think of, they begin, they get religious. <laughs> just be real, baby. Come on. Would you please just... So he's like, oh, you're a preacher. He said... And he opened his drawer, his desk drawer, and he pulled out. And I'm not, and listen, I've taught on the prayer of Jabez. There's powerful things there, but that's not my point. He pulled out a coin, and it was a prayer of Jabez coin. He looked at me, and he said, you know what I do every day? He said, the first thing I do, I come into the office, I open my desk drawer, and I get this coin out, and I rub it. I wanted to say, did Aladdin come out? <laughs> You're missing the point. The name of Jesus is not magic words. It's not fairy dust. All right, right. What is it? Listen, and we need to understand this. We're talking about being name droppers. Every prayer we pray is in Jesus' name. Well, what does that mean? What's that about? When we pray in Jesus' name, we are presenting to God all that Jesus is. Watch this. We go before God presenting who he is, not who we are. That's why I come in Jesus' name. I don't come in my name. I come in his name. And all that he is, all that he has done, and all that he stands for. Our prayers are heard and answered not because we are perfect, but because he is. And you just missed a good chance to give God, Jesus, some praise in this house today. <laughs> Believers know that Jesus holds the keys. They know that. But not only was this man a name dropper, the apostles were name droppers. Look with me in Acts chapter 3 and let's look at Peter and John, a story that you know. Peter and John are headed to church about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour. They go up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, and I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, you just got to bear with me. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms. He is a beggar. Bartimaeus was a beggar. Everybody say beggars no more. To ask alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, 
Peter said, he says, uh, who seen, he, I'm sorry, who seen Peter and John about to go to the temple, ask for alms. They look at him, fix their eyes on him and say to him, silver and gold have I none, I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He takes him by the right hand. He lifts him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servants, say his name. Jesus. Say his name. Jesus. Whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which you are witnesses. Watch this. And his name. And his name. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Can you give God praise for his word? Amen. Now let's bring this up to where we are by relating to where they were. This was a period of time when the name of Jesus was very controversial. Saying the name of Jesus could get you in big trouble. Declaring you were a follower of Jesus could cost you your life. It could cost you your freedom. This was a very, very controversial time. Using it was dangerous in that time. And notice this. When I talk about using the name of Jesus, let me address current, cult, current church culture. We're not talking about using an unspecific and unidentified force or person. Oh, you know, I was talking to the big man upstairs. We are living in a day and in a time when a lot of people want to talk about God or the force. May the force be with you. But these men and women, watch this. They believed in such a specific, no doubt about it, this is who he is and this is who I believe in. They believed in him so strongly they were willing to risk their life, their freedom, and everything they had to boldly proclaim faith in the name. Yes. 
It, it grieves me, you know, like, like when, when, you, when you can go to a church for months and never hear the name of Jesus mentioned. Never hear a song sung about the name of Jesus. Never see a cross. In fact, you know what? I want to challenge my tech crew, my people. Let, let's, let's get some. I want somewhere in here. Let's get something. Maybe on these walls right over here on, on both sides of this wall on the other side of the screens there. Let's get us a, a banner, a couple of banners that say, Jesus is Lord. You ought to respond better than that. I was expecting a little bit more. Let's leave no doubt about it. The cross as the center of history and Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. Let his name be declared above all others. Oh my, he's not some cosmic God up there, some ethereal force that everybody can, you know, just preach a message where nobody will ever get offended if you talk about Jesus. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to sing about Jesus. We're going to shout about Jesus. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. We're going to worship Jesus. It's not just a general God somewhere. I'm telling you, his name is Jesus. In fact, I want to do something right now just by faith. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, his name is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus, you rule and reign. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Our lives belong to you. Precious Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Oh, glory to God. The ultimate question for life and eternity is this. Where do you stand when it comes to the man, to the name of Jesus? There's no other name. No other name. Whereby we must be saved. And here's what I've discovered. According to this Bible right here, the more you believe in that name, the more that you put faith in that name, the more that you believe in the power that's in that name, the more you will see that power released. How many of you believe there is power in the name of Jesus? My God, my God, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, we, way back when I was a little boy, we used to sing, let's talk about Jesus. King of kings is he, Lord of lords supreme throughout eternity. Oh, let's talk about Jesus. Jesus, we used to sing that old song, Jesus, Jesus, there's something about that name. Now we sing, that, now we sing the song, there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, sing it. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain. 
to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Give him praise. The more you believe there's power in that name, the more power you'll see released. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, watch this, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of who? The Lord Jesus. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I want you to say there's power in the name of Jesus. Say there's power in the blood of Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. I believe in you. And I believe in your blood. Because here's what I've discovered. Satan and religious spirits hate the name of Jesus. I mean, man, you can talk about a lot of things. And you can talk about this and you can talk about that in church and you can make everybody feel good. And listen, I don't want you to go home feeling bad. I want you to go home feeling good. Understand my heart. But I'm not going to try. I am not going to sacrifice the truth on the altar of simply trying to make everybody have a little feel good, fluffy message every week. What good is that going to do you when you stand before God in eternity and he says, do you know my son, Jesus? Say, I love you, Brother Scotty. Satan and religious spirits hate the name of Jesus. They hate it. And I think that's why there's so much departure from it in our day and in our time and in our culture. But everybody say, not in this house. Listen to this. Let me show you how this happens. And I'll show you one of the reasons I believe that we do not see the miracles like we really want to see them in so much of church today. Are y'all with me this morning? We just read in Acts chapter three how this man was miraculously healed, started walking and leaping and praising God. But in Acts chapter four, watch this. We're gonna find out what happens when people see what happened and then begin to put their mouth on it. In verse 13 of Acts four, it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They were like, wow, this is amazing. And they realized, oh, y'all are not helping me this morning. Are y'all following along? They realized they had, who had they been with? They had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Oh, see, that's one, of the, that's one of the awesome things about miracles. They are a demonstration of God's love and goodness and his glory. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? What are we gonna do? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on, they speak to no man, what? In this name. 
In other words, you can talk about some good things and you can talk about this and you can talk about that, but don't talk about Jesus. Boy, it's quiet in here. From now on that they speak to no man in this name. Watch this. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now here's what the enemy knows that a lot of people in church need to know. Our enemy knows if I can stop the name, I can stop the miracles. Did you hear what I just said? I think I better repeat it. Our enemy knows if I stop the name, I stop the miracles. I don't do miracles in my name. We do miracles in the name of Jesus. He's the miracle working Jesus. And here's what I remember. And here's what I discovered suddenly mad in the book of Acts. I remembered they didn't have a lot of buildings. Oh, come on, help me. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of the things that we think are necessary in order to have a successful church. They didn't have all of that. They had one thing. They had the name of Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And everywhere they went, all that they did, they went preaching that name. Healing in that name. Delivering in that name. It is the name above all names. It's all they had, but it was all that they needed. Somebody help me this morning. Glory to God. Thank you. Man. Because they knew, listen, that there was power in the name of Jesus. That there's healing in the name of Jesus. That there was deliverance in the name of Jesus. That there was provision in the name of Jesus. And that there was freedom in the name of Jesus. Can you give God praise in this house? In 10 minutes, I'm going to be finished and you can go about your Father's Day. Somebody say, I believe it and I receive it. Amen. How how in the world, Brother Scotty, how does this apply to me and what does it mean? First of all, let me just say to the church in general and to this church specifically, we must once again return to preaching and teaching and emphasizing that name that's above every name, not just the latest message that everybody's spinning and putting out there. We must proclaim the name of Jesus. Jesus must be lifted up. His name must be honored. His name must be proclaimed. And then secondly, how does this apply to me? Well, I know this, and it goes back to what I said in the beginning. We all face giants. We all face battles in our lives. But we all face, in particular, giants. And how many of you know that giants have names? When David faced his giant, what was that giant's name? Okay, making sure you guys are still there. Now, giants are naturally bigger than we are in the natural. 
And some of you in here today, and Janet, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. Some of you are facing financial giants. Some of you are facing health giants. Some of you are facing addiction giants. Some of you are facing lost children giants. Some of you are facing bondage giants. Some of you are facing uh, emotional and mental giants. But your giants have names. And here's what else I've discovered. Most giants in our lives have loud, threatening voices. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And this is how this is going to turn out. Yeah, you ever notice how when a spirit of intimidation or a lying spirit from the enemy is there, that they, it never that voice will never factor God in the equation, never factor Jesus in the equation. Somebody say, but God. Those giants have loud, threatening voices. But in 1 Samuel 17, watch this scripture. Here's something that we've missed in the story of David. Then David said to the Philistine, he said to the Philistine, he said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you. Come on, somebody get a hold of this for your life today. I come to you in the name. Everybody say the name. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the garden, uh, the, uh, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And that word defied means to rail against. You have railed against the plan of God. But I want you to know I come to you in that name. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Listen to Philippians 2. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly highly exalted him and given him the name the name which is above every name now I don't know what the name of your deal is that you're battling but the good news is if it's got a name there is a name that is above it hope In Jesus' name, I declare hopelessness. You do not reign over me. In Jesus' name, I declare depression. You do not reign over me. In Jesus' name, I declare sickness. You will not reign over me. In Jesus' name, I declare poverty. You will not reign over me. Whatever the name is that you are facing, there is a higher name because God, God himself has given Jesus that name. Can we shout his name, Jesus? Boy, the devil doesn't like it when you start talking about Jesus. But boy, I tell you what, the angels like it. God the Father likes it. The Holy Spirit likes it. Woo! Glory be to God. Therefore, 
God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Watch this. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth. That covers it all. Best I can figure. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody say amen. One more time today, I want you to say his name is Jesus. I am asking for the Holy Spirit to make us once again so aware and so stirred and so full of fire about that name that we will literally begin to speak it, not just in passing. We will not speak it just out of a sense of, well, it's what we do, it's how we end a prayer, but we will declare that name with great glory and great faith and great anticipation. I'm gonna close with this, church. We must not back off of the name of Jesus. I said, church, we must not back off of the name. What's this? We must teach in that name and we must teach about that name. We must sing about that name. You know, I got to tell you this, because some of you think, well, Brother Scotty, I just... Uh, what are you talking about? All, all churches, they worship, all churches are singing about Jesus. They're, well, let me just give you a little bit of, little bit. Come on now, come on, come on. And I'm not going to be too specific, but, you know, our family out in California, uh, Jackie was doing it at one particular point, not where they are now, but at one particular point, they were, they were doing songs and worship. And so they started singing about Jesus, about him being the lion of the tribe of Judah. Our God is the lion. The pastor got her and said, don't sing that song anymore. Now you think I'm kidding. I'm not. Why? You know, my my question is why? Well, we don't want to offend anybody. And people might not understand. Listen, and let me, let me make this straight. I'm not here to purposely try to offend people. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But I got news for you. There is only one name that's going to get us into heaven. There is only one name that is worthy of our prayer. There is only one name that we need to be glorifying. And let me tell you something. When the church has gotten, and I'm not, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but you know what? You need to be aware of what's going on. When the church gets to the place that they literally are afraid of, of singing a song that talks about Jesus because it might offend somebody. My opinion of that is they might need to get offended. Maybe they'll start looking into it. Maybe they'll start finding out what's going on. Maybe they'll make some inquiries. Make it, maybe it'll make them uh, bad enough that they'll start asking, well, who is this name? Uh, who is this man, Jesus? There is one name and his name is Jesus. We have to sing about him. We have to talk about 
about him. We have to teach about him. We have to know who he is. We have to preach about him. And in this house, his name shall be displayed proudly. Paul said, and he did it under, Paul said, and he did it under the threat of death. Here's what he said, Teddy. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed. Why are people afraid of that name? It's good news. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is, what's this? It's the power of God. How many of you are believing for more miracles in this house? How many of you want to see more miracles in the church? How many of you want to see more signs and wonders in our lives? I'm telling you, it's going to happen, young people, because we proclaim the name of Jesus. It's going to happen because we boldly, proudly honor that name that is above every name. My God, let me tell you something. Listen, Lord, help us. Father. How can we live in a day when people can curse like sailors and nobody flinch and not worry about anybody getting offended? But then if we talk about Jesus in church, pastors are saying we probably ought not to do that because somebody might misunderstand what has happened. God, stir your church again to believe in the word of God and the anointing and the power that exists in that name that is above every name. We shall boldly proclaim the lordship of Jesus Christ. And here's what I'm saying. Let me get back to where I was going. That mountain that you're facing. Will come down before the name of Jesus. That health report that you got. I declare in Jesus name. By the authority and power of that name that is above every name. You need listen. I walk through this house. I walk through this room. I walk around these grounds saying the name of Jesus. You need to walk through your house. Now, come on. Some of you saying, boy, you're getting weird. No, you need to walk through your house saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Not just out of a sense of obligation, but I'm, because you believe and know that there is a name that is above every name and that there's power in that name. Jesus be honored in this house. Jesus be honored in my family. Let your car know the name of Jesus more than it knows anybody else's name. Let your truck know the name of Jesus more than it knows anything else. Let your kid, listen, let our young people, let our children, let them know that the name of Jesus is honored. That it is sacred, that it is beautiful, that it is powerful. That it is the name that we pray in. It is the name that we value. It is that name that is the sweetest name that has ever been spoken by mankind. The name of Jesus is the name that is above every name. Stand up and give God praise if you believe it in the house today. Thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's if you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at livechurchmobile.com.